Welcome to Two Girls Talk Transits with our hosts. Hi, I'm Maddie Del Rey. I'm a professional practicing astrologer with a focus more on Hellenistic traditional astrology and with an intense love and desire for predictive transiting astrology. And I'm Kaylee Smith. I'm a healing coach and art therapy grad student with a slight obsession with reading the stars. I combine astrology, spirituality, and traditional psychology to help people live with intention. Without further ado, we welcome you to Two Girls Talk Transits, where we talk about all the upcoming astrological transits and what you can do to keep yourself sane and absolutely aligned. Welcome to Two Girls Talk Transits. I'm Maddie Del Rey, and this is Kaylee. We'll be discussing the January astrology for 2024. So right off the bat, we have Mercury finally stationing direct after being retrograde almost all of December. And we also have Venus fresh into Sagittarius, making a square with Saturn. So Lots of things are shifting, but I feel like it's going to be a bit of a frustrating beginning of that month, especially with Venus squaring Saturn, as there's just a sort of red tape or limitation or blockage to what we are trying to move forward or what we are trying to create. So how do you feel about that first January 1st New Year vibes? Yeah, I feel like it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people are kind of looking forward to Mercury retrograde being over, you know, because a lot of us have like uh, limitations when it comes to that retrograde. But then, you know, and also that new year is like an exciting time to like start fresh, but we have that kind of like slower start, like you said. Um, And I think, you know, this is like prime time vision board time, you know? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So people are like ready to get the ball rolling on like making their dream life come true. And yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, like you said, with that square, that Venus square Saturn, because it's going to kind of bring that limitation, like limited feeling to like, is this really possible? Can I really achieve this? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Sagittarius is that mutable fire sign. So it is really passionate and it is really motivated to pick the big picture and to like go after the big visions and to chase beliefs and really more intuitive and passionate in those energies. Mercury is in detriment in Sagittarius. So the the end goal and the vision is really pretty, but like the steps to get there are complicated. And it does speak to that because Venus coming into that square with Saturn on the same day is like, I'm ready to attract this. I'm ready to bring this into my life. And Saturn is like, have you done the work? Yeah. Have you done any of the planning? Do you know what the next step is? It's that yeah. like cool down. Very fitting for Capricorn season two, like the total reality check. Like, wait a yeah. second. Like, actually, I know you want to go there, but 
sorry <laughs> it's like so like it is that father vibe like you're not gonna do that until you do your chores yeah yes <laughs> so Capricorn wants everything to be so put together and then to like top it off I mean it's not exact but Mercury is stationing direct into that square with Neptune and that will go exact a couple days after around January 8th so a week after so it's like this whole week it's like Neptune is the vision and the idealism and the in goal but it's foggy it's uncertain and it's not good for practical planning so the whole week is really good like ideal dream board vision board kind of time but don't expect it to like be intensely practical in terms of planning yeah so would it be wise to like kind of like what should somebody creating their dream board do should they try to create those logical steps or kind of just like keep it in the dreamy phase of like it's okay not to know how I'm going to get there at this point or what do you think should we like tie habits to it automatically or wait to do that till later I don't know I mean I have a heavy Neptune aspect personally and I personally think as society we are way too practical and mainstream and too so hardcore about our routines and our rituals having to be so perfect like get up exactly at 5 a.m. and I will work out for 30 minutes and then I will meditate for 10. Like, it's so old-fashioned. And I feel like, yeah, it's so restrictive. Like, yeah. I feel like we need to just create more space right now and let everything flow instead of being so programmed, almost. I really feel that. I really feel that. Like, lately, I feel like I've been waking up in the morning and like you said, it's like, what do I do? Do I journal for 10 minutes? Do I meditate for 20? Am I supposed to be going to the gym for 30? Because it's like, I have so many things that like so many of these like health recommendations that I can do to start off the day in the perfect way. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I'm having anxiety, like figuring out which one of those things to do, or should I be doing all of them? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I would I would completely remove all expectations with the Neptune lingering and just literally go with the flow. Like, I don't think we do that enough. I mean, yeah, negative sides of that is you just, well, I don't feel like going to work today, so I won't. That will probably have negative consequences. But yeah. long term, like releasing that restriction onto your routine and life and letting just ideas flow in when there's no thing containing it. Yeah. It's going to be better, I think. It's what I would encourage. Yeah, I think, yeah, that sounds good. Like kind of these like looser, like allowing space for just the universe to come in and kind of, uh, you know, do its work. If we're so restrictive, I feel like, yeah, things can't really come in like they would because we've already planned and blocked out every second. Yeah, that's um, a huge thing. And I and I really don't think we need to worry about getting things done or being super practical or tied up because, I mean, Mars is moving into Capricorn on the 4th. And that's big. That's so, like, Mars is exalted in Capricorn. And that is one of my, like, ideal placements because Mars's energy is usually just all over the place and whatever it wants to do, especially when it was in Sagittarius. And now there's a drive and a focus so like we still will be able to get things done but like allow the creativity when it's there you know mm -hmm. yeah I feel like Mars and Capricorn might be that good opportunity to 
do some of those habits or like in invite some of like those grounding habits in that can get us to our goal. There was like um, a practice that I had done the other day and it's like setting four major goals for 2024. It's like who I want to be, what I want to have, um, how I want to feel. And there's another one I can't remember. And you basically set like four boxes and then you just write down everything in this category and then you tie a habit to each one of them. So for example, like what I want to have would be like if I slapped on my dream board, like my dream car, uh, maybe finding out some of the practicalities of that, like how much is it going to cost monthly for me? How much do I need to put down? And then working towards saving that. So it would be something like, oh, for me to have my dream car, I need to save $100 every two weeks or something like this, you know, and it's kind of yeah. like some of that habit tying so we can bring that vision board to life. Yeah, no, it is 100% like that first week or so is a, a beautiful mixture of those two energies. Like in terms of processing and mental thinking, it is very wishy-washy and idealistic, but we can, with Mars and Capricorn, really orient our actions and the habits that we implement to kind of make these wishy-washy feelings or ideas actually manifest into reality. So it's a good mix. I mean, I when I first looked at it, I was like, oh, that kind of is a downer. But I feel like for the first part, it's not, there's good flow. Yeah, I'm trying to see Mars more positively. I'm trying to like... You're a day chart, so I understand. It's like yeah. you're trying to look at Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to look at the brighter side, like, and not see it as so evil to me. So sometimes I always try to look at it as like this burst of energy and where do I want to direct that? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's like, how do you orient the action plan and drive? But yeah, it can be really agitating, especially if you're more used to slow, steady work or that's true. Progress. Yeah, that's true. Also, yeah, yeah. if you're not very impulsive, then yeah, that's probably going to be kind of irritating to you. Yeah, because Mars kind of likes impulsiveness. But that Mars Capricorn blend is kind of like creating a nice balance between impulsivity and the and like the slow steady. It's kind of like a good combination, I feel, where it's like you don't teeter on either side, but you're kind of like have that, yeah, like I said, good mixture of both to get yeah. to. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. That's why Mars is exalted in Capricorn because the energy is clear and directed versus chaotic and unnecessary yeah for sure so we have uh we have Venus square Saturn we did that and then Mars moves into Capricorn and then what happens there is, yeah there's a sun well the sun in Capricorn will make a little trying to Uranus and Taurus on January 9th and it's just a good day for like tapping into that more Uranian energy. Uranus is going to go direct towards the end of the month before I get too ahead of myself. But just mentioning, mentioning that Uranus energy is going to be more activated this month anyway. So in Taurus, like what have you been, especially in the house that Taurus rules for you personally, how have you been disrupting the traditional flow and progress that you've been doing or 
the way that you grow yourself, like what has kind of been a, a bit of a discontinuity in your life? Yeah, and Uranus has been retrograde, right? For mm-hmm. how long? Uranus goes retrograde every year for a little bit less than half a year, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, it will be going direct in January. I don't remember when it's stationed retrograde, probably in the midsummer. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so that's interesting. It's a long term thing, but I noticed for me, like it's in my career, like 10th house Taurus is my 10th house. And I've had a lot of career changes and shifts and adjustments and doing something new. I'm working remotely now. I've never done that. Like, so just this day though, with the sun shining, you're honest, this is more of an awareness of how that shift is occurring for you personally. And it can be more of like, ooh, I can innovate this or I can apply technology here and have more flow. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, because yours is hitting your 10th. Mine hits my first. And mm-hmm. I have had like this person also a tons of personal trans like appearance wise. Yeah, you dyed your hair. Like, yeah. yeah. So for me, the with the Uranus retrograde has been more so like a lot of physical uh, changes. Like I've changed my hair maybe like six times. Yeah, literally. that's like, a lot. Yeah, like I <laughs> went from long to short to shorter to like three or four different colors. And yeah, just changing my physical appearance a lot. And also I've had like huge weight fluctuations. So mm-hmm. yeah, that trine might just be like you said, kind of like awareness of all that is shifted. And uh, kind of like, I think a good reflection point of kind of where you began and how where you are now yeah I mean you're discovering you're rediscovering yourself through the Uranus transit through your first house and like I mean the first house does speak to body health and issues as well overall like not as much as the six the six is more illness but the first is still about your physical body mm, and so yeah mm-hmm. and Uranus will be there for the next for another six months six or so months right um, a little more longer than that. I don't think Uranus is moving into Gemini until like 2025. Oh, okay. So we got a yeah. while. We got a while. He's in a sign for a pretty, for a big chunk of time, but we are going to have like this Uranus Jupiter conjunction happening. That's going to be really significant in April. And then no, maybe he does move. I don't know. I don't remember, but, uh, that's going to be a big, the Jupiter Uranus will be a big signature point. And then they do move into like Gemini almost. Yeah, it's either. interesting that kind of play that they're having together, that Jupiter Uranus. I mean, they're pretty close right now. No, they're pretty separate. Jupiter's all the way back in like five degrees. Oh. And Uranus is up at like 19. So mm-hmm. they're kind of far, but they're going to be close this spring. Moving closer together, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're about... So- Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so in the spring, we're going to kind of see it like uh, with because Jupiter like expands everything it touches. We're going to see that like expansion of shift. And mm-hmm. yeah, Uranus is very like, uh, I don't like Uranus personally. Like I've been on my, <laughs> I've been on my Uranus line several times with traveling. And to me, it literally feels like I'm in a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah my brain just feels fried like I just feel like I'm on like this whole other frequency that's not fun and (laughs) I just don't enjoy your honest in general I don't but I mean I think it's fun for like shifting things up Mm -hmm. and you know that kind of like out of the box rebellious thinking I like that but to spend too much time there it's like frazzles me Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely tore apart any sort of stable career trajectory that I would have ever had through Uranus transiting my test. So, yeah, I do get that. But I kind of like the excitement. Yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) as you were designed to do, though. I mean, wherever Uranus is sitting in your natal chart, that's where you're supposed to have, like, totally out-of-the-box thinking and new like new energy so whatever's happening there is as it should like I was looking we have a ton of Pluto transits coming up um Mm -hmm. Pluto takes so long to shift signs what will we experience three or four maybe Pluto transits in our whole life so the the ones like the houses that it hits are so significant to who we are in this lifetime it's not so wild to think about Like it's all really kind of fun to that birth chart and that moment where Pluto was when you were born and then you really only have the three or four houses after it. Yeah, it is exactly like that. And I think it's just crazy. Like, I mean, yeah, mine is hitting like all those upper houses. I have all energy up there anyways. But um, yeah, it's just like, wow, I can't believe I think mine hit first the eighth, then the ninth. And now it's about to hit my 10th. And then 11th I might experience the 12th at the end of my life if I'm really old I don't know so yeah I mean Pluto has a really eclectic like orbit around the earth so it spends a very different amount of times and very different signs so that's a big part because boomers with Pluto and Leo I mean look at it they're gonna have a Pluto opposition that's insane some of them some of them might die but you know some of them might make it you never know <laughs> with Pluto you just never really know yeah exactly so yeah um but that will be it we'll talk more about Pluto too um but first January 11th we do have the new moon in Capricorn are you ready to move on to that is there anything else you wanted to say no new moon in Capricorn let's go let's see what's going all right on. so I'm gonna pull up my screen here and for those of you that are listening audio only the new moon is at 20 degrees of capricorn pluto is at 29 capricorn mars is up at five capricorn and it doesn't the main thing that stuck out to me was that this new moon is directly squaring the nodes that are both at 20 libra and 20 aries so this is the perfect lineation that's perfectly in between eclipses and this is by the time where you should have some awareness of what has happened to you in the fall with the eclipses there. And this is this big little shift now into that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the they eclipses mean, were in what signs again? They were in, so this fall, they were technically in Taurus and Libra, but the nodes are in Aries and Libra. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, the new moon in Capricorn is like, I mean, practically, it's a nice beginning for, like, hard work projects and, like, maybe, like, you are turning a point. Like, for me, the eclipses and the fall really disrupted my life. 
like completely and they happened on significant points and I kind of expected that and I kind of did it and now I feel like I'm hoping by the time I get to January 11th that I'm going to be able to kind of move in a more forward direction and feeling like I've been cleaning up that mess for the past three months yeah yeah I think the eclipses hit everybody a little bit differently I feel like for me I don't know it's hard to say it's hard to say because I've been having a lot of these Libra themes so it's hard to say what exactly to pin that down to but nonetheless I do think that you know this is a good reflection point to kind of look back when was the can you remind me when was the eclipse in the fall like what were the dates do you remember yeah libra eclipse that south node it was a new moon in libra it was october 14th and then the full moon eclipse in taurus was the very end of october like the 29th or something like that october and then the oh other one was the 29th yeah that makes sense and i mean like yeah, yeah like eclipses like start stuff in that sign, but it doesn't have to be on that exact date. Like these are major beginnings and major shifts personally or major endings. So you may find things happening in that house weeks after the eclipses, but potentially the eclipses initiated. Mm-hmm. You didn't know about. Yeah, I could see, I could definitely see that. I don't think anything had happened for me until about like two or three weeks after the eclipse mm-hmm. and I think that's why but like you said it has this more like I don't know if you could call it like a shadow period but more of this like extension um extended energy that can affect you yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's not a perfect shadow period but I definitely agree with that because it can it's it's initial it's like a whole timeline shift like you're never going back to that same direction after this eclipse like that is the kind of thing Oh, yeah. Interesting to think about. Yeah, it's like a total shift in direction. I had never thought mm-hmm. about it like that before. Yeah, I I also, I mean, too, just to say, like, I have a highly nodal chart. So, like, I people feel eclipses in very different degrees. So mm-hmm. if it wasn't major for you, that's good. Like, don't feel bad. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. But but anyway, the new moon in Capricorn, I overall like it because Mars is there. And it I mean, the moon is fallen or it's in detriment technically in Capricorn. So it's not necessarily the best place for the moon. But oh, yeah. we will yeah, we'll tend to like push our emotional needs aside. So it's being mindful of not overworking yourself and not neglecting your emotional needs. But it can be a really powerful new beginning for some projects that need long lasting energy. And motivation yeah that's a really interesting point because the moon technically wants to be emotional but capricorn is more so that like logical so it might be that we might be experiencing some of that stripping away or like distance from our emotional self in order to like get it done like sometimes yeah. we just can't be so in our emotions and yeah, i think a lot of capricorn that is capricorn you know we because it's opposite sign is cancer you know right yeah it's the total paradoxical opposite of feeling into your intuition it's the opposite of that is like what are your responsibilities in your work yeah so it's a great time for yeah like new new work beginnings new practical starts I think it's yeah it's like really fitting for the new year it's like it is yeah how do you want to practically get yourself started yeah 
Um, and I just mean like with like Mars is like making a trine to Jupiter on this new moon. It's technically will go exact after, but there's this applying trine that is just giving your actions this affirmation and this boost of like, good job. <laughs> this is going to pay off. Like there's a more reward traditionally in Capricorn. We won't see reward until like years down the road or maybe not to exaggerate, but like a month later you might find the fruits of your effort but with jupiter making a helpful aspect to mars here i think we'll get some immediate recognition that's good i feel like that's nice because the, the poor capricorns they all are about delayed gratification and it's like they need a little like they just need to know is it going to work out or not <laughs> you need a you need a little bit of hope and like yeah. you know good vibes sometimes it's not all work so yeah yeah, I think, yeah, like you mentioned, Jupiter will bring that, like, kind of not light at the end of the tunnel, but kind of that that, that spark of hope, yeah, that, that things are going in a positive direction. I agree. So, I, overall, I like the new moon, even though, I mean, it's a moon in Capricorn. I think we can use that to our advantage. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um. Let's see. After that, we have Mercury entering Capricorn. Is that where you want to go next? Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying next. Is now, besides Venus, the whole party is in Capricorn now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is going to review. I saw this like the previous Mercury retrograde is like a two parter because part of it's in Sagittarius, parts of it's in Capricorn, and they're very vastly different signs. So it's almost like there's two parts of this Mercury retrograde that you get to review. So whatever house now you're moving into Capricorn, like that's the final wrap up of completion in the forward direction portion of this. Yeah. And what about uh, Mercury and Capricorn in general? Is it happy there or kind of what's that experience like? I feel it's neutral, but again, we're going to go with the general vibes in Capricorn, which will have Mars. So Unfortunately, Mercury and Mars have been having a bit of a relationship since October, and that's going to continue. But in terms of like general vibes, like it's good for planning and practical money matters and yeah. responsibilities, but still just like an agitation. Like I feel like people are feeling this very differently. We'll talk about it more as we get to later in the month, but like Mercury and Mars have a little bit of a firecracker verbal punch things i could see that yeah yeah see that. yeah so and, mm -hmm. yeah it's just mercury will just move quickly into that same trine with jupiter that mars was at on january 19th and uh, again it's just jupiter's at least doing some helpful things during capricorn season so yeah i agree we have a lot of trines this month which is mm -hmm. nice and yeah it keeps things flowing and mercury and jupiter is beautiful for like really big picture thinking like because it can they are naturally opposites jupiter is very philosophical and very big vision and mercury is the details but when they come together you get the complete package mm, that totally makes sense oh that might be why Sag is in detriment in Jupiter, or I mean in Mercury, because Sag is. is that more expansive. Yeah, Mercury's like the Gemini nitpicker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like same thing with like Virgo and Pisces. Like Virgo is so critical and detail oriented, and Pisces was like, let's just love each other. 
I know. Virgos, it's like they don't get it at all. They're like, no. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) But they love us at the same time. It's just like, I think it gets under their skin for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Only on certain days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, like, on the 19th, too, like, Venus is coming into a square with Neptune. So it's a mixed bag because generally when I see Mercury trying in Jupiter, I would tell people like, oh, super great day for planning and structural thinking and making sure you didn't miss anything. But then you also have Venus squaring Neptune, which is not going to want to do that kind of work. It's going to immediately go back to like daydreaming and pleasant things. Yeah. It seems like you might be a bit scattered that day, not knowing what to do with your energy. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, do I focus on the practical or do I stay in my head yeah yeah and that's okay I mean we can welcome in confusion on that day we don't always need to have you know have the answers confusion is an okay place to be a lot of us feel so uncomfortable in it yeah I was gonna say that I mean I I kind of and part of my growth has learned to accept confusion, but I do feel like in terms of, especially the way society mandates things is that you can't have any of that. You have to know exactly what you're doing at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know. I totally agree. I remember like when I first got into my yoga journey, like when was it in 20, 20, when did we, 2019? 2019 is when yeah. we did our training. Yeah. So I must've gotten into it. I think a year before that in 2018, And I remember I used to just go to yoga classes and just like pray for clarity. I'd be like, can I just please know what's going on? Like, because I have no idea. And I think it's just like, I had to just surrender to confusion and to surrender to the fact that I'm not going to have all the answers to everything. And this is like with that Venus square Neptune is giving me very much that same vibe of like, learn how to surrender to the greater plan and kind of be okay with the unknown right and also like with it being venus like where's the beauty and the unknown where's the beauty yeah. and just being present and going with the flow and not following a to-do list or a schedule and just appreciating life like venus is gonna want to do that yeah yeah that's so true there is beauty unknown right and I think that's a positive way to reflect on that but yeah it's all about reframing your mind and I got working with the energies not trying to force it true yeah yeah better to go with it than go against it exactly Mm -mm. Mm, so Big, the big event is next, I believe, on the 20th um, through, yeah, the 20th. So we will have the sun meet Pluto in 29 degrees. I love this. It's 29 degrees and 59 minutes of Capricorn. They conjunct then, but then they both will move into Aquarius that same day at various times. Nice. I'm excited for this day. I don't know why. I just feel like new fresh energy and it's exciting for me it's the final like we had pluto and aquarius in 2023 um in the beginning the first spring or so and then it retrograded back to capricorn and you know this is our like final ingress into aquarius and it is a huge societal shift and like the big part of pluto 
and Aquarius was all about AI and technology and like chat GBT just came out during um, Pluto and Aquarius. So like, and then there was like all of the discussions about how do we regulate that? I feel like, I don't know, I'm more scared. Yeah, I think it's scary for a lot of people actually. And that's so Plutonian for it to be something that people fear. And right. yeah, I think that we should be scared, you know, in a way because we could, I mean, these computers could become really smart. There was this video that I had been sent on Instagram or something about some guy who time travels and made it to like year 2,600. 2, I don't even know what year it was. It was like really far in the future, but apparently all government had dissolved from what he saw and mm-hmm. everything was AI based, you know? Damn. And I mean, I don't know how true or not this is, but um, you know, AI has potential that we haven't even thought of before. I mean, think about Back to the Future, the Back to the Future movie. They thought we right. would be flying cars in, what was it, 2020 or something? Yeah, so. yeah. Went the other direction, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, Pluto is those fears, and Pluto is also the unknown. Like, they're, like just like you said, there's so much we don't know about AI. We have no idea what it can turn into, and that is a fear of what's unknown. Like, and it's scary because it is significant impacts onto society in a new way. Like that's the Aquarian view. Like as a traditional astrologist, I see both Capricorn and Aquarius ruled by Saturn, but they're two different manifestations of it. The Capricorn is the very traditional, structured, rigid, old way, and the Aquarian is the new, revolutionized this kind of vision for society. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what that looks like until it's here. Yeah, that's so true. I think in any time Pluto's concerned also, we just, Pluto has such a, like, a duality to it, like this, you know, it's this rebirth, but there's the other side of the coin, the shadow side, that really needs to be taken into account, and that's kind of, like, I think where a lot of the fear is coming from, a lot of the, yeah. Yeah, it, it's secrets. Yeah. It's, like, hidden information, like, I went back and, like, looked at a few of the previous Sun-Pluto conjunctions, which were all in January, naturally, previous years. And, I mean, there was, like, last year, the United States reached the highest debt ceiling of $31.4 trillion, which is absolutely insane. Why am I paying taxes and paying my debt if you can't pay your own debt? I know. Literally, we're a country built on debt. It's just debt. And like, that's a big hidden thing to like uncover. Like we are clearly in so much debt. We'll never get out of it. So what are we Why doing? Y'all? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. Like, I don't understand. Um, nothing has changed by the way. I looked up the current debt ceiling and it's still at that number. So. Yeah. I'm sure it's only going to get worse. I don't know if they really have a plan about that one. I don't think they care. I think it's all. I don't care. It's all in the ethers. It's all like this. Oh, I have this debt, but do I really? You know what I mean? Like, it's so made up. Like, just working yeah. in accounting, it's fake. It's I a know. number. It's I fake. I know they they literally said, "Here's your money that doesn't exist actually," and like, <laughs> pay it back to us, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like in Capricorn, it does speak more to like 
wars and global disruptions but this conjunction is still taking place in capricorn so i want to keep that in mind this is like a wrap-up of all the wars and conflicts that we've been having pray to god for like some ceasefire in gaza or something but um 2022 we became aware that russia was going to invade ukraine and it did in march so that was the first kind of awareness and like secret like oh yeah there is a war coming surprise and you know that was the whole thing and then 20 interesting the the war aspect though in the sign of capricorn really? yeah because like, i think capricorn represents a lot of governments like who's mm-hmm. going into war except for governments mm-hmm. okay that makes sense yeah <laughs> Like, most humans don't want to do this yeah that's true I think if it were down to like the individual people like we probably would decide not to but then again I don't know when we were less governmental we also fight with each other too so I don't know true yeah. I mean true and like Pluto itself as a significator tends to represent people in power and people in power mm-hmm. are the ones making decisions to go into war so that is usually why those two correlate yeah And then the last one was that mysterious um, plane crash that, like, disappeared off the coast of Indonesia, the Boeing 737. We looked at this at, like, the last Norwalk conference. But, yeah, there was a lot of Neptunian aspects as well as Pluto of, like, disappearance and uncertainty. Yeah, I um, remember when that happened. I was there. Right. Yeah. I remember hearing about it. it. It was almost like that vibe of what's that, like the Bermuda Triangle, like it just completely mm-hmm. like disappeared off the map. And uh-huh. I don't know whatever came of it. I don't know if they found the plane or not. I don't know. They found like pieces of it, but they only, they really didn't find most of the people. I think they found like one or two victims total. And they were not alive or? No. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember when it happened. There was also that, um, I think it was also in Indonesia, there was like a submarine thing that had happened. Do you know? I I think I remember that, but I don't remember the story, but there was like somebody, one of my students had told me about it. And I think it was like, there was this really rich guy and he wanted to go down in a submarine to see the titanic um wait are you talking about like the national news story they did this off the coast of canada this was okay okay then it wasn't an idiot one of my students told me about it then okay um that that was that was huge that was very a lot of people were assuming that was more like the saturn and pisces like yeah go fuck around the ocean fuck around and find out yeah exactly literally (laughs) but it was like uh i guess some people were saying that uh somebody had like made a hole in it or made something happen or I don't know messed with the material because he had like I don't know some kind of drama I I mean that thing imploded so (laughs) you know (laughs) regardless anyways but um yeah I don't know (laughs) yeah that that's all options but I mean I'm hoping on this one will be a positive you know reflection onto the current wars and disruptions in our government but it could probably not be because it probably won't be because that's astrology so we'll see hopefully yeah hopefully it's a positive thing but yeah like you said we can only hope for the best and Mm -hmm. and to see what happens it might be interesting to see how technology might end up playing a part in 
what progresses with the wars. There's right. like a technological aspect to it. No, that was a huge discussion when Pluto was first in Aquarius when they were using like drones for war activity and things that they haven't used before. Yeah. So big part. Um, but then we just from there we'll have that that will play out. We'll discuss that more, I'm sure, in more detail in February. But Venus is then meets the party and joins everyone in Capricorn. I kind of like Venus in Capricorn. Um it's I'm, I'm neutral about it. She makes like the work a little more pleasant, like a little more enjoyable, brings a little more art and creativity to it. Yeah, I think I like also Venus and Capricorn. It seems nice. It seems like the yeah, like I don't know if Venus were a woman, it's like this sensuality or like yeah, playfulness to what feels restrictive. Mm-hmm. Or just yeah. like this is the traditional, but how do I make it art? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for that. And then I mean we just get to the full moon in Leo. Let's, let me pull that up. Yeah, this one is interesting because there's uh Pluto around it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, you're right. No, that's it. Like Pluto is right there, very close. So this is a very Plutonian theme. So even if the ingress and the conjunction wasn't super obvious, I bet the full moon will bring to light anything that we missed, maybe from the prior conjunction and the prior ingress and sign change. Mm-hmm. This full moon will like be that highlight. It's ten, you know, lunations really tend to speak to the transits, especially when the moon makes the aspects to these planets after they happen it like really brings it to our awareness since the moon is the like fastest moving planet mm-hmm. so that's gonna be a major one um yeah i mean i hope it's positive secrets being brought to light but definitely a definitive like shift in terms um and i struggle a bit with the full moon and leo just because it's the full moon in Leo and it's supposed to be really exciting and positive and uplifting and then the sun though is ruling it the sun's in Aquarius where it's more detriment and more concerned about society so I see just a lot of societal problems in January yeah yeah that I think that makes sense in general just given kind of what is happening you know I always think of this thing like what's happening to one of us is happening to all of us and I think mm. what a collective level you know even when we are so far from the from the wars and you know from things going on like this like I feel like we still experience it on like an energetic level and oh yeah um yeah I don't know I just I think that you know we would all be better served in peace but you know that's a common opinion and (laughs) harder to reach but um yeah I think in general though I agree with you that this full moon is kind of kind of bring a lot of awareness as full moons typically do and yeah in Leo it might you know Leo like yeah wants to celebrate but is it able to you know right or it's like it's like inappropriate like You know, like, I want to, oh, look at this cool thing that I made and I wanted to, you know, celebrate myself. It's so exciting. Look at what I produced. Okay, but, like, read the room. 
like, like literally yeah it, and leo can sometimes be like that in general like oh uh, yeah yeah so it might be kind of fitting actually so that's the vibe but i mean also going on is that we have a square from jupiter so that is going to go exact on the 27th so like the technically a few days after but Jupiter is here at six degrees, and then the full moon is both in the five degrees. So that's a strong square. Mm-hmm. So there's still this really big desire for hope. But again, it's like a square. So it's like, is it appropriate? Is it actually possible? Is it reasonable to have this hope and optimism and affirmation? But I'm, I'd rather have Jupiter making an aspect to a full moon than not at all. So yeah it seems like our faith might just be a little bit tested we might have to rely more on these like yeah sparkles of hope and you know uh any kind of faith that we have and hopefully that carries us through that's a good point just because like if pluto is a lot of the things that we can't see or a lot of the uncertainty and kind of fears then yeah, we have to kind of conflict with the rational choices and lean more on how do we have faith and hope through this if we can't see what's actually happening. Mm-mm. That's going to be a huge challenge, I think, for a lot of us. Yeah, faith is not always easy. It's it is a blind, blind path that you shall walk. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anything, it's strengthening character for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a very strong, you know, a uh, full moon opposite Pluto is uh, strengthening your character, Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of working through your fears, working through what's scary, your unknowns, and celebrating your new burst of power would be a yeah. good like full moon kind of delineation here. Yeah, I mean, we can't forget that. Yeah, Pluto is also a source of power, so. Mm-hmm. Can, we can kind of connect to our own internal source of power and kind of figure out where are we uh, drawing energy from and what are we like just taking note of those like uh, yeah just those energy sources that we have because I feel like sometimes we can get into this we can be drawing energy from like false light sources and then we get fatigued more easily so like let's say like you get dopamine hits when you like sit on your phone a lot right right be trying to draw energy from that but it actually ends up fatiguing you in the long run so maybe it could be like an opportunity to revisit uh things that actually give you power yeah that's a really good that's a really good delineation for this goal now is because it is it's about like what does give you power what gives you energy and where do you feel powerful and then with the sun and pluto and aquarius so how do you bring that power does it serve the collective does it serve everyone else or are you just being selfish which can be a leo trait you know oh that's so true that's a really good point yeah yeah Yeah. keeping that power for yourself especially in aquarius because aquarius is more about the collective so that's Mm -hmm. a really good point like we need to make sure that the power that we do have, we're using it in positive community, like communal positive ways and not just for our own selfish gain. Yeah. Right. Cause we can always step on somebody else to lift ourselves up, but that's not ever going to serve us long-term. Yeah. So true. So a little mixed bag, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. 
and go from there. And then, I mean, literally as well, then we have the Uranus stationing direct and the Mercury-Mars conjunction, the third and final one. So, all right. Lots of excitement. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You said Uranus stations direct and Mercury conjunct Mars. Yeah. I'm looking up real quick um, if you can talk about whatever uh, when the all three of them occur so people have a reference point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. So the first one though occurred almost right before that eclipse on October 27th in Scorpio. And then the second Mercury-Mars conjunction occurred in Sagittarius, I think the day before yesterday we were recording this, which, or yeah, the, the 27th of December. And now this is the third one in Capricorn on the 27th of January. And this was the last off. time that uh, Mercury was conjunct Mars. Mm-hmm. So we will I mean, we might have more, but this has been like a theme because Mercury went retrograde. So we got three conjunctions to Mars instead of usually just being one and moving on. Yeah, that and, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's been very different depending if you're a day chart or a night chart is what I've gathered from my readings with my um, regular, you know, communities that I do. It's that night charts you probably have more ideas and you're probably more motivated. You know, you're really stimulating that brain activity and really focused and excited, probably a little all over the place and doing too much, but still a lot of focus about mercurial things of like speaking, writing, communicating, you know, putting ideas out there. And then for the day charts, it's been a lot more of like the opposite. I noticed where people I may have more frustration with communications or more frustration putting their ideas and their goals out there, or they're hit with more conflicts or arguments of like why you can't do that. Mm, So what has been your progression? I feel like for me, it's been more so like manifesting through, I think the, the day chart one where it's like, I'm feeling a little bit more anxiety than I typically Mm. feel. And I think it's because of it's that very like uh, mercury thoughts, you know, like, and it's just, yeah, bringing up more anxiety in that kind of way. Yeah. With Mm -hmm. more like questioning myself and things like this, but I'm also, I also have the North node in my 12th house. So I'm also going on this like subconscious journey of like, what's really going on in my, in my head, like, what does the world in my head look like? You know? So I feel like, that's kind of speaking to that as well. So there's a lot of focus for for me. I feel like not a lot, but quite a bit of focus on like subconscious because the world in our head is a very relevant world. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's everything you tell yourself. It's the stories and beliefs that you have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mars will definitely ramp up the conflict there. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. this was a previous belief that you have. Do you still believe that? Yeah. You know, are you trusting that or are you like playing yourself? Are you like, you know, it really like plays those games. Like Mercury is already a trickster. And then with Mars, I feel like the games get a little mean or yeah. violent. I could definitely see that. Yeah. And it's like, you don't even, sometimes you don't even realize, like you go about it for such a long time. It's like so normal. And then mm-hmm. you're like, one day you're like, wait, have I literally been telling myself this? Like, no way. <laughs> 
And then you don't realize until it's like, wow, I'm actually, I can be really mean sometimes, but you know, that's the, that's the nature of life. You know, we pick up these, these things. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And I mean, I'm hoping with this one being the last conjunction, it's like a resolution to all the stories that you have been telling yourself or all the ideas or planning. Like this is like, this is the most clear headed we'll get in terms of this, just with you know, Mercury's not in detriment in Sag and then Mars is exalted in Capricorn. So both of them are doing fairly well. And this may be like the most clear headed kind of awareness or internal shift around what you have been saying or working through through the past three months since October. Yeah. If anything, it could give you that burst of energy to kind of like really uh, double down and focus on like recreating some more positive stories I mean that's for me personally Mm -hmm. what I'm experiencing but I wouldn't doubt if other people might be experiencing something similar other day charts yeah for sure like hopefully having awareness of the negativity that has been kind of feeding your direction and like changing that into something more positive and maybe for night charts you are feeling that final plan really solidify and there's a more direction that's clear maybe when you felt like you constantly pressurized to do something but not quite sure how or where yeah mars is like that right it just like Mm -hmm. adds that like unnecessary pressure like where is that even coming from (laughs) yeah i mean i like i love my strong mars but like i can get i can't get out of hand with that (laughs) in terms of like pressuring other why aren't you urgent I think I have more of like a self-inflicted pressure. Like, I don't know if anybody's necessarily doing it to me. I think I'm just doing it to myself. Yeah. yeah. You have it where you're doing it to other people. I mean, I think it's both. Like, I, I have the expectation that like, I have to be this urgent. Therefore, everyone else must keep up with me. Or why are you in my life? Yeah. I mean, that's normal. I think like how we treat ourselves is like reflection of like what's put on to other people. Yeah. That's yeah totally so it's weird. a whole projection but to me like my life would be so boring if I didn't have that urgency so yeah I for you know. it might just be like almost a source of excitement it is it is for sure yeah. like I've been bored lately and I can feel that Mars like we're gonna do something don't worry <laughs> yeah Mars is kind of like a little Adderall right it's like our little celestial Adderall like yes. just get things going <laughs> <laughs> I love that oh man that's a really good way to steal that <laughs> um right. and then we just yeah I mean we'll end the month um with like some really you know Mercury and Mars are still traveling really close to each other but they wrapped up their conjunction and they'll both be trining Uranus on January 28th and then Venus, right, sandwiched in between those two, will make a trying to Jupiter on the 28th. Really bookmark that day in general. Like Venus-Jupiter trines are like beautiful, especially with Jupiter and a Venus rule sign. Mm-hmm. So do something fun. I would encourage people to do just yeah. have a little more fun, especially if that full moon was more intense for you. Yeah, I think this is like a nice little sweet like bow on top of the month, like, you know, just kind of like celebrate any wins that you did have. And it could be nice to just like to to map out like the highs and lows of this month Mm -hmm. and 
yeah, just kind of try to focus on, on what went well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, do something fun. Like you said, yeah, do something artsy. Artsy with friends or like relationships, celebrate, create, you know, with the Uranus, do something adventurous or risky and like, you know, try something new. I don't know. I would, I always try to, I, it's rare we get positive spin, so it's definitely put a positive spin on this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this could be a nice time. Hopefully people are experiencing it in general, like something positive could even just be a really good payday. Uh, yeah, I, that's such a good point because I feel like when I say these delineations or when they're happening and people's chart um, personally, and it's like, yeah, well, it was good, but like I didn't win the lottery. It's like, well, it's not like, that's not gonna be that amazing but like what little gift can you appreciate and if you appreciate it more maybe you will get something bigger next time you know it's a it's a balance of being present in the moment yeah that's so true I feel like that's life in general you know we don't often get like I mean sometimes we do get like one huge gift at one time but usually it's like these small little gifts that we get throughout time and I think in one way it's for our our brain to process you know, we couldn't, we couldn't process, like, if my life was like one way, and then I completely flipped to this whole other reality, our brains could not process, you know, oh, no. so, so we get these like little doses. And it's like, a, like you said, appreciating those like little small things along the way. And when you focus on the good, the good gets better. And, yeah. 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 yeah, and it could just be a really positive day in between a lot of grind and work that you just needed to release and let go of. Yeah, it's like, uh, wait, what was that? That was on, so at that point, we'll be in Aquarius season. Yeah, we'll be in Aquarius season. I mean, but these these transits are still lingering back in Capricorn. But yeah, maybe it will create a little bit of a like friendship society kind of growth with the sun still in Aquarius yeah I'm excited for February too I feel like yeah, we're gonna have a lot it's and gonna it will uh, be to be continued but um I do yeah. want to point out some journal prompts that people can use yes so if you want to do some journal prompts um some good ones would be focusing on you know some like Capricorn aspects so one of them that I had is with all the seeds you've planted lately which which ones seem to be the most fruitful and which areas can you focus more of your energy on in order to see grow and that one would be helpful to do on January 4th when you're seeing that um, Mars moving into Capricorn Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and even of- during that new moon too as well because that is kind of like that initial saving planet I like that one it's and then it would really help you orient your actions and your goals yeah I totally agree yeah because I think we spoke about this yesterday uh but yeah there were so many things that I had started but like what what do I really want to hone in and focus my energy on and in order to see like the long-term, um, the long-term fruits of my labor, which is very, yeah, Capricorn, very like 
get mm-hmm. a little bit more specific. Capricorn wants you to like, like narrow in and yeah, kind of like focus more on the things that are going well, I think, or mm-hmm. at least, you know, seeming to like go grow. grow. It might not be huge growth, but it, you know, the little things is okay too. It's what's valuable. Yeah. Did I have any more? I think that's the only one I had for the the journal. Oh, the other journal prompt would be, uh, yeah, are there any like particular areas in your life that you know you need to change and what feelings are associated with enacting that change? And then what has prevented you from doing it in the past? what could you do to face the fear that's ahead of you? So I think this can speak a lot to that Plutonian energy we're kind of facing. Yeah. Like kind of getting really clear on these fears and, you know, fear is not something that ever goes away. So just getting curious about what they are and why are they preventing you from moving forward? I love that. Yeah, exactly. Because we're going to have huge Plutonian themes and the unknowns and the fears and really instead of avoiding them or pushing them away or not thinking about them, but sitting with them and reflecting with them is how you can actually utilize this transit to be beneficial instead of just like, I won't think about that now. I know. Yeah. I think that's what happens to a lot of our fears is that we just try to like sweep it under the rug, but with these major Pluto transits coming up, it's going to be like kind of unavoidable. It's like, sorry, you're going to notice it. Like the fear is going to kind of be more in your face. So if anything, just get curious about it. I think just like notice that it's there and just try not to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause the sun is our awareness. So first step is always bringing awareness to what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to solve the world's problems, but at least we can like work towards understanding what's going on. At least name them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a name it's to it. If, if they don't, if we don't name our fears, like name what's going on, like these shadow aspects, if we don't assign a name, they kind of just like operate the back of our mind like little shadow puppets, you know? They like, yeah. Yeah. So just being aware that they're there is a, is huge, like you said. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, so love those really good journal props. Um, well, awesome. This has been fun. Do you have any off- other offerings or things that you would like to share with listeners? So now that's it. Um, in the future, we'll probably be introducing a workbook that people can use to follow along, um, where you can kind of map out what's going to happen in the month ahead, and then you can look at your own personal chart and see how are these themes tying into different houses in your chart and what you can kind of look out for, intentions that you can set, different things like this. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, Help you work through the transits for each month. And then um, for me personally, I'm still doing consultations, although they're closed right now. Um, So go to my website at maddiedelray.com all one word and get on my mailing list and I will be opening up consultations for January through February shortly and that's all I'm working on right now but hopefully more to come with us okay thanks Maddie (laughs) thanks Kaylee